As calls grow for more action from the Liberal government on allegations of election interference by China, there were new developments this week. The Prime Minister's office released a mandate for Special Rapporteur David Johnston, and after several days of pushing back against the suggestion, it was announced Justin Trudeau's chief of staff would appear before MPs looking into the issue. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Brian Passafume joins me to discuss what Johnson will be looking into, what we hope to learn from Katie Telford's appearance at committee, and whether it's likely we'll see a public inquiry into election interference. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Brian, since we last discussed with your colleague Catherine Levesque the reports of election interference by China, there have been some interesting developments and political fights on this issue. And, you know, first, I want to talk about kind of what has happened, and then we can get kind of into the present. You know, a few weeks ago, not long after I talked to Catherine, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced a number of investigations into these allegations of interference, including asking the Intelligence Committee and the Intelligence Review Agency to look into it. But he also announced in early March that he would be appointing a special rapporteur, not a reporter, not like you or me or others, but a rapporteur who we've since seen announced as former Governor General David Johnston. Now, broadly speaking, what is a special rapporteur? What What's his role? Like, is it to determine whether there should be an inquiry or should offer other advice? Yeah, it's 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 one of those terms that you you're really not familiar with unless you cover a lot of like international UN kind of type diplomacy stuff. It's it's kind of a uh, when you boil right down to it, this is just this is just the prime minister avoiding to call an inquiry onto uh, something that uh, may be potentially damaging to his uh, to his administration. Uh, so it, it really is kind of uh, almost like a like a sidestep, not really a sidestep, but more like a like an interim measure. Calling a public inquiry is definitely within the mandate of of of, of the special rap, independent rapporteur. But uh, yeah, pretty much his job is to just to you know see what's going on and see what uh, see what's happening. And if there it, it was never formally announced, but really is is, is mandate is to uh, look into see if there is enough information to to launch a public inquiry. Okay, and. You know, there's there's been a lot of controversy even over the appointment of Johnston, I, which is kind of funny because he was generally a non-controversial figure as Canada's vice regal. So why has there been blowback in this case just w- regarding his appointment to look into the Trudeau government's knowledge or actions or or the goings on around election interference? Yeah, I, th- I agree that that Johnson was probably the best choice for this role, but at the same time, there really is no good choice if you're looking for somebody who is completely independent and 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 free from ties to the Trudeau family. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty rarefied air in this city. It, um, you know, the, the the opposition came forward saying that uh, you know he's not a independent; he's got ties to the Trudeau family. He was governor general for the first little bit of uh, of of. of Prime Minister uh, Trudeau's uh, administration. They were neighbors. Um, you know, the, Trudeau has lived at uh, Rideau Cottage uh, in the grounds of Rideau Hall since becoming prime minister. He he, uh, he chose not to move into his childhood home of 24 Sussex, which uh, anybody who's uh, been close to it uh, can understand it's, it's it's falling apart. But yeah, it, the opposition wasn't happy with it. Um, uh, 
Pierre Polyev called him old cottage buddies. Uh, that's that's a little. Uh, I think that's uh, <laughs> quite quite infused with hyperbole. But uh, uh, you know, the uh, Bloc Québécois leader uh, used Francois Blanchette uh, said yesterday he. Um, he said he wanted, uh, you know, which was what the conservatives and the NDP were are calling for, is, is is an inquiry led by somebody chosen by the House of Commons and not the Prime Minister. Uh, Blachent, uh called Johnson immediately ad- inadequate as an independent voice, uh, given his uh, his ties to the Trudeaus and uh, alleged ties to China. The mandate for its duration of purpose is not admissible, he said yesterday in, in a statement in French. Uh, thank goodness for people uh, in my office who can read French. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I... Uh, I didn't take it past high school, so unfortunately, I'm I'm I'm, I'm limited in that respect. But uh, yeah, he said that, uh, and he's calling for the uh, for the uh, rapporteur to be uh, disbanded and uh, an inquiry uh, to be set, which is something that uh, sort of a a, a rare um, instance of uh, agreement among uh, among the opposition parties. Mm-hmm. And you know, for weeks we've kind of had this back and forth over whether he's qualified, over whether he's too chummy with with the prime minister. And all of that. And finally, on Tuesday, the Prime Minister's office released what Johnson's mandate is. And what does the mandate letter state as the main goal in this role as special rapporteur? It's like I like I like I said earlier, the you know, the 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 unpublished goal of the rapporteur is to determine if there's going to be a public inquiry. But uh, officially, the, the um, you know, he's been asked to, um, and I quote, assess this extent and impact of foreign interference in Canada's electoral processes, including examining information related to the 2019 and 2021 federal elections to determine what the government did to defend Canada against electoral interference. That's that's the the official mandate that was given. Uh, you'd also be asked to look at any outstanding issues that require attention and, uh, you know, with the goal of uh, ensuring uh, and upholding Canada's confidence in the electoral process. And yeah, that's uh, pretty much, uh, you know, a matter of opinion if people believe the government's in elections or not. Uh, you know, some people just are, uh, are determined not to believe anything comes out of the government. And you know, some people have legitimate concerns. The, the, kind of the, the kicker of this whole thing is that, uh, you know, all of his recommendations will be sent to the prime minister's office uh, and to the uh, to the leaders of the opposition, but there's there's no there, there's no mandate, there's no guarantee that the government is be forced to act on anything that he says. He could, you know, Johnson could say, you know, let's have a public inquiry, but it's up to the government whether that happens or not. Mm-hmm. And and so, how long does Johnson have to complete his work? And you talk about at the end, this report's going to go to the the PMO and the the opposition leaders. We could wind up where we are today, right? With people still calling for an inquiry into this issue and, and nothing happening. Right. And that, 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 that was Blanchett's point in, in his statement yesterday was that, uh, you know, we could be in, um, you know, we could be at the end of this process and Johnson could say, yeah, we need a public inquiry. Well, Blanchett's point was, well, you know, this was wasted time. This could have been, you know, we could have launched this a while ago and not go through this whole rigmarole of special rapporteurs and stuff like that. So um, his mandate's expected to be complete by October 31st, but he has until May 23rd to, uh, quote, recommend any additional mechanisms or transparent processes such as a formal public inquiry. So pretty much until he has two months from essentially tomorrow, depending on when he listened to this, May 23rd, um, to decide if there's going to be an inquiry or not, but uh, yeah, he has until uh, until Halloween to uh, determine, uh, you know, what what exactly is going to happen. We'll be right back. It 
with a public inquiry, like we saw with the inquiry into the events around the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa and the and the invocation of the Emergencies Act, there's testimony, the, there's subpoena powers, there's hearing of evidence. What will Johnson have access to in his work? Is it just documents? Will he be able to interview people? Or, you know, obviously he it's not an inquiry, so he can't call evidence and testimony, but what will he have access to? He, I guess, I'm guessing he'll be um, whatever his, his clearance was before. He'll, he will be cleared to look at uh, classified information, uh, reports, documents, testimony, all that kind of stuff that uh, that uh, that he needs to fulfill his mandate. Um, the, he'll also be um, able to uh, consult and work with institutions, officials, agencies across the government. Uh, that includes uh, the uh, CSIS, uh, the CSC, the Communication Security Establishment, uh, Privy Council, Elections Canada, and all the parties. Um, so yeah, he'll, he, it, it sounds like he'll have full access to to everything that he'll need to make a decision. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, we ran into this too with uh, with, with other in, uh, recent inquiries, including the convoy and and uh, and everything else, is that, uh, you know, it's it's great to be able to have access to 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 classified documents. But if, if classified information forms the basis of your conclusion, then we're kind of stuck where we were because it's, you know, we're at the point where he says, oh, yeah, I believe it wasn't necessary, but you'll just have to trust me because I can't, uh, I'm not authorized to give you the reasons why. So um, that's kind of where we are when it comes to this kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, people will either choose to believe the uh, results of an inquiry or they may not. You know, that's just kind of uh, <laughs> the reality of, uh, of where we are today politically in this country. Yeah. Now, as, as you mentioned, like all of these measures haven't really calmed the talk among opposition parties of the need for a public judicial inquiry. What did Trudeau say about his decision about, you know, once the the mandate letter was released and, and, you know, it seems like we're maybe starting to get movement on, on this file. What did Trudeau say about kind of the controversy around Johnston's appointment and, and, and his decision to appoint a rapporteur as opposed to calling an inquiry right away? You know, it's 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 interesting. Uh, some reporters caught up with uh, caught up with the PM yesterday after after the morning caucus meetings, and uh, yeah, it's, it's the clips on CPIC. But yeah, he just he, like the prime minister looks like he hasn't slept in days. Like he was just he was just really bedraggled and and kind of uh, you know the, the 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 whole tension and the, and the stress of this whole situation is, is is definitely coming to him. You know, being a being a world leader really ages you. You know, you look at the before and after pictures of U.S. presidents, for example, it really kind of ages you. Uh, he um, you know he 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 said that. That uh, you know, he defended his uh, he defended his decision. He defended his uh, his um, his choice to go with a special rapporteur instead of going straight to the inquiry. And uh, he, uh, uh, as usual, he kind of framed this as a uh, you know his reaction to uh, to the conservative party's um, you know uh, what he what he calls posturing and, and it's sort of uh, political games. But in reality, this is this is something that all the parties were calling for. You know, yesterday. Um, uh, you know, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP party, had said that uh, he'll vote with the Conservatives if, um, you know, if, if, if um, you know, if, if they uh, were talking about uh, Katie Telford when it comes to um, the PM's chief of staff being able to testify in foreign interference. Um, you know, it's that, that that's something rare when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to sort of politics in the country these days that you'll have the opposition parties united in something. Um, I think the, that goes uh, that says a lot right there. Yeah. And, you know, as mentioned, there there has been another political fight on this issue, and it does revolve around Trudeau's chief of staff, uh, Katie Telford. What has been the back and forth there? Why has there been controversy around Ms. Telford? 
It's it's been kind of a wild twenty four hours here. It was uh, as I mentioned before the uh, the, the whole situation on uh, on 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 if uh, the prime minister chief of staff should testify before uh, before a committee to talk about foreign interference has been uh, the prime minister and, and certain uh, liberal um, um, MPs on who are active on Twitter have uh, have tried to blame the conservatives for it. But really, it's it's something that's uh, you know it's it's kind of heartwarming to see the uh, the opposition's unite like this. Uh, you know the, over the. Uh, over the having her testify, the liberals did not want her to testify. The liberals were, you know, they spent the past, uh, you know, past week filibustering in the in the committee, you know, just um, tr- trying to block this uh, th- th- this this opposition motion to have her testify about Chinese interference, uh, and. You know, it came to the point where 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 Jagmeet Singh was saying, "Yeah, no, we're we're definitely going to be voting with the uh, Conservatives on this," and as well as some rumblings that this was going to be made a, uh, a confidence vote, which would have been definitely bad news for the NDP because uh, one of the 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 only reason the NDP are still propping up their supply and confidence deal with the Liberals is to, is because they're not prepared for an election. Um, yeah, so. I think the Liberals were hoping that uh, that the threat of a uh, confidence vote would sway the NDP to kind of um, go into line. But when it was clear that didn't work, uh, you know, the, the, the Liberals kind of threw up their hands and said, fine, all right. You know, she agrees to testify. Let's just end this whole thing. Um, when she's going to testify, that's that's a whole other matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, there has to be a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of scheduling wranglings if, uh, you know, when she's available, when the committee's going to meet. So there, there's no there's no firm run on when she'll testify. But uh, I think right now the victory for a lot of people is that uh, that she's definitely going to be uh, sitting in front of the committee. Yeah, I, I'm curious, though, like, well, <laughs> I know that a lot of it comes down to political gamesmanship and posturing. But what was the the rationale behind the liberals opposition to having her testify and why did they change their minds? Or was it just a case of, you know, the more we obfuscate on this, the worse it looks for us. So we'll just throw up our hands and say, fine, we'll let her testify. Yeah. It's pure Streisand effect. You know, the, the if, you know, the, the fact that the liberals are fighting so hard to keep her from testifying when in reality, like, like, I'm not too sure what people are expecting. Like, like are people expecting she's going to show up with whiteboards and, and flow charts on exactly how, like with, you know, with the prime minister on one side and Beijing on the other. And like, are they expecting that she's going to go into this whole detail on how the Chinese government infiltrated the Canadian government? Of course not. She's going to say what she can and she's going to, um, you know, avoid the questions that uh, that are going to be difficult that's just how these things work um you know it was it was more of a game at this point because i don't i don't think Telford's testimony is really going to shed any light on anything. I don't think this is going to be the smoking gun for the for the the PMO that people are expecting it will be. But uh, it's just been kind of amusing to watch. It's 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 political games at its very best. It's like going to the zoo and watching the baboons, uh, you know, frolic about. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting uh, mental image to leave us on there, Brian. <laughs> uh, fascinating story, though. I know we'll be watching closely over the coming weeks to see how this all unfolds. Thanks for your time. Anytime. Thank you so much. 10.3 is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest Brian Passafume. More from him and more coverage on this entire issue at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.